0: And welcome in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon. Joined by our good buddy David Esser. David, the regular season is here.
1: Baseball is upon us. How are we doing? Uh you don't even need to ask me that. I think I think y'all know how I'm doing. Kevin, I'm excited. I'm amped up. I'm fired up. We are two days away. Right. Now. It's here, uh, man. It's yeah. here.
0: The roster's set. We have a roster uh the tickets have been bought you know merchandise has been sold people are ready to go on friday saturday sunday for the rest of the season let's go
1: man what an off season what a strange off season but we made it through yeah i think that is when it really got kind of real for me when when we started you know getting little bits of this guy's making the team this guy's getting sent down that was when it really got a Know for me personally, um, Kevin. Before we jump into things, you're going to be uh, you're going to be at some of the games this weekend. Is that correct?
0: Damn right, I'll be there Sunday, and I be, will be there Monday. It's also possible I go Saturday, but uh, we'll see. It's more unlikely I'll go Saturday, but it's possible. But yeah, I'll be there Sunday. It's looking like it's going to be Zach Eflin day month, or looks like I'm going to get Eflin and Ranger on those two days. I have to look at how it shakes out. I was hoping Wheeler would get Monday, but looks like he's going to go Tuesday.
1: Yeah, not not to get a not to get too off topic, but before the lockout, I was supposed to be in Houston for mm. Philly's opening weekend. They were going to play the Astros, and of course, that is the one series they had to uh, they had to cancel or postpone. Um, but I will I will live vicariously through you this weekend and root. root I'm starting to think the lockout might have been your fault because when we were set to go to a game last year, it rained. Or yeah, go, no, right? it, I might be the the bad luck charm. I might be just be all my fault. You know, baseball. was like, "Oh, David
0: Esther has tickets open in weekend." All right, we got to cancel that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'll, I'll I'll take the blame for that one. Um, moving forward, Kevin, we have a roster. Yep, we have a starting rotation. We have a bullpen. We have an offense. Yep. Um, how are uh, How are you feeling about it right now?
0: You know, I feel a lot better in terms of we were really concerned about Zach Eflin. We were really concerned about Ranger Suarez with his late appearance to camp. Both of those guys seem set to go. Was concerned about Wheeler because he got a late jump. He was sick. Then he had some shoulder tightness. He appears ready to go to start the year. Um, they're they're healthier. I know it, I know they're missing a lot of guys. Like, but the main guys that we were concerned about initially are healthier. Who I ultimately think will be more important than a roster in terms of Ranger Eflin. Wheeler, Um, because we're still missing a boatload of uh, relievers to start the year. We're missing 37 to start the year, which is going to open the door for someone else that we will get into. Uh, But overall, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, I'm just ready to get going, man. I I think this team that's going to compete, as of now, I got them in the 86 to 90 win range, but we'll
1: see how that unfolds. Yeah, and I mean Kevin, typically I'm the more um kind of reserved one when it comes to stuff like this, a little less optimistic. Yeah. But um I'm going to throw you it out so? there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe yeah. just a little. Kevin, this is this is the best roster the Phillies have had in a decade. This is the most filled yeah. out the thing splintable then. Um but it, especially the offense. I mean, you look at the situation they're in where, you know, Matt Beerling is the fourth outfielder. Like that's good. Like he's a solid fourth outfielder. You know, they have Bohm and Bryson Stottop. That's fine. They have Johan Camargo, who probably could have started for them last year. Like, yeah, that's fine. He there. You know, you yeah, he would have, he um, you know, obviously everybody knows the big bats, JT Schwarber, Castellanos, they've all looked incredible. Hoskins, we're hoping for big things from him. Didi Gregoris, he's looked healthy. Gene, he's looked healthy. Like, I don't want to say there, there there are no weaknesses in the offense because there certainly is. I mean, center field, still some question marks. We're not sure what third base is going to look like. We're not sure what is going to look like. But at least through the first six, maybe the first seven in, in the lineup, like that's very strong. There's few teams who can say they roster six hitters as good as the Phillies right now. Um, and it's the same story in the rotation. Obviously, the rotational depth is not good. But one through five, and look, I'm not a Kyle Gibson guy, but he's your, he's your number five. That's okay. That's that's very It's very acceptable. Um, There's very few teams who can say they have five starting pitchers, like actual starting pitchers in the rotation. You you flip over to a team like the Padres, who are kind of in a a similar position as the Phillies in terms of expectations. They have like 15 starters, and nobody knows who's going to pitch for them because half of them can't even go three innings. So I'm comfortable with where the rotation is. You you mentioned the bullpen. They are banged up at the moment. Hopefully the rotation can kind of – hedge them a little bit until guys get healthy, yeah. um, you know, between the rotation, the offense, the two most important parts, like Kevin, I'm feeling good. It, it looks very good on paper.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, cause you know, we do see a lot of people critical of Gibson and I think the biggest thing to, to consider is he's going to eat innings for them in that five spot. And I think that's the most important, you know, he's probably a guy who's going to push if healthy 180 to 200 innings. And that's, that's good for your number five. Um, you just, you know, you don't need him to be the Kyle Gibson that he was in Texas. You just need him to be, you know, four ERA, you know, four to four, two, five. Just keep being the game. Ultimately, you know, we need him to be better than Chase Anderson, Matt Moore. Now, all the scrubs the Phillies have trotted out there the last couple of years. Vince Velasquez, Nick Pavetta, who is somehow the Boston Red Sox number two starter, which is unbelievable. But... Uh, I'm feeling good overall. You know, we'll see how it ends up shaking out with Eflin and Ranger. But, you know, in a scenario where all these guys are healthy, David, it's a top 10 rotation in baseball.
1: I believe it was Fan Graphs might have had them top five. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's a good rotation. It is. Like, the Phillies have done a nice job of
0: of kind of building this thing up. And I think the biggest... Curveball, no pun intended, that we received was Ranger Suarez developing into a really good
1: arm. That yeah, that's not something we really saw even this time last year. Yeah, and someone's gonna have to fact check me on that FanGraph story if if they were a top five. I believe they were extremely highly ranked. Um, but yeah, no Ranger Suarez, big curveball for sure. Nobody, I mean Kevin, he wasn't he wasn't on the team like two years ago. Like he was yeah. he couldn't get into the uh, break camp because he just couldn't get over here to pitch. He finally gets a chance and and he's thriving. You know, Eflin. I'm pleasantly surprised that he's made a couple of spring training starts because nobody and he's was looked, sure. And he's he was, looked good. He's looked very good. I believe he had a sub one ERA in spring. Like it's spring training, but that's that's what more can you ask for him coming off a, a knee injury? Um, you know, so if those two are healthy, if Gibson give, is giving you six innings to start, you know, if Nola can bounce back, I, I put that in parentheses because nobody is really sure what that looks like. Um, and then Wheeler, you know, we need we need his shoulder to hold up. Like, yeah, that's that's five. As five horses in the rotation, um, which, which is what they need, considering kind of just the uncertainty with the bullpen and, and more importantly, the, the injuries in the bullpen right now.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, look, you know, the way this roster is built, they're going to lead on their bats a lot anyway. So ultimately, they're just going to need their pitching to not be bottom of the barrel. They're going to need, if, if the pitching's league average, David, and,
1: and the offense is what we think it can be, they're going to win a
0: lot of baseball games.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I think the good news is I don't think the pitching will be league average. I think they will be above league average. Um, but, Kevin, you, you brought up the offense. I think that's a perfect segue point into the offense. Um, we got some new names in the lineup this year. Um, a couple of guys broke camp that we weren't sure were going yeah. to. Um, you know, they brought Stott and Bohm. It looks like Stott's going to be the yeah. opening day third baseman. Um, probably doing some shuffling between them and Didi and maybe Gene and maybe Reese as well to try to get all of them some playing time. And then the big one, I'm going to say my guy, not our guy, because you seem to be a little more out on him these days. Uh, Mickey yeah. Moniac, he, he had an opportunity to, to win a job this year once Oduble Herrera went down with injury. And, you know, he's, he's been the talk of the town the last two weeks because he's just been scorching hot. He's done everything he was supposed to do. And it looks like he's going to be the opening day center fielder which is quite the uh, quite the change, of course, for somebody who we, who we thought might be DFA this off season.
0: Yeah, it's eerily similar to what happened last spring. Let's hope what follows and isn't you know the same. That's my, my biggest you know. I just want to get it out in the open because everybody but me seems to be salivating over Mickey Moniak. I want the guy to play well. To think that I'm rooting against somebody on the Phillies is crazy. Like, I'm, if they're wearing the red pinstripes, I want them to play well. Would be huge for the Phillies organization if he develops into a start and outfielder. Especially when, like you said, it looked like he was dead to rights. He was going to be gone. However, we saw this last year, David, where he went crazy in the spring. He probably did have a better spring this year. He he certainly added more muscle. He more pop in his bat. But we'll see. I got to see it over a full season. Before you know, I, I got to see some more consistency before I'm all in. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'll put it that way.
1: I will. I will take the cautious optim- optimism. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've been a Mickey guy for a while. Part of it is 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 due to just the nature of he seems like a fun guy to root for. I think anytime you see these these top picks, especially at you know what he was drafted at 17, come out of high school all the expectation in the world, come into a town like Philadelphia where they don't even want him in the minor leagues, right? They wanted him debuting at 18, um, you know, to see him struggle and then kind of see a little bit of a resurgence here and, and get another chance. Like, obviously, I'm going to root for that. Like, that's that's a feel-good story, even if he was on on, on a different team. Um, but kind of the second part of that equation is it does seem like he's working extremely hard. Like, oh, he is sure he getting is. better. Yeah. Um, just, just seeing his transformation from a weight room perspective, like he's probably put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle since he was drafted. Like that's hard to do. Um, like that's even baseball aside that takes hours in the gym, hours in the kitchen, you know, tons of rest and recovery. Like that's extremely hard to do. And then you throw in the baseball side of things where, you know, he's clearly altered his swing with Kevin long and it's clearly made an impact. At least in this spring, he's standing almost a full foot closer to the plate. And that's a big change like he's doing everything he can in his power to be better at baseball you know you're right will that translate to to good center field play and I, I think the important point to make with with the good part and then this goes with Bryson Stott and Alec Boehm as well we don't need these guys hitting 300 like it'd be yeah. sick if they did we just need them to be league average you know you look at where this team was last year at center field Roman Quinn Jorge Bonifacio you know Odubel in some pretty brutal slumps of time. Um, you know, same at third base, where you got Ronald Torres playing, playing games. Like we just need them to be better than those guys. And it'll be a huge addition to this, this organization. So we don't need them hitting 300. We don't need 40 home runs. We need league average defense. We need league average offense, you know, a little bit of extra hustle, a little bit of pop from Moniac. Um, you know, and I think between him and so I think it's important to put stock in this, uh, in this conversation because expectations for him are equally as high and they probably shouldn't be. Um but it's always exciting to see the young guys because w- with the young guys, as you you know there's a chance they're going to get better, right? If they're league average this year, they might be above league average next year. And then they might be, you know, a 3-4 win player in a couple of years. So definitely excited. I, I've seen the improvements specifically with Moniak. You know, Stott has been more consistent. He's just been good at all levels. Um, so I think we kind of expect him to be a little more ready to go. Um, certainly just seeing the adjustments, seeing the physical changes, and then obviously the production in spring hit five home runs, that's, uh, that's at least somewhat impressive. Yeah, and and you ended up swinging back and and not
0: doubling down on it, but kind of clarifying your point. But I, w- I was going to push back and just kind of say the expectations for Stott should be a little bit higher because the guy's off top 100 prospect. And Mickey Moniak hasn't been a top 100 prospect in a couple of years. So, like, as of right now, Stott would appear to have the higher ceiling, at least at the moment. Um, I'm really excited to see stop for sure. Um, I think he's going to help their infield defense immensely. That's something that we've been really concerned about. I think having him out there is certainly going to help guys like Kyle Gibson and Zach Epple and Aaron Nola should be able to get more outs on the infield grass. Um, I mean, how many times last year did we see a ball get get through on the left side and then ends up coming around the score? It happened, you know, multiple times a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, man, I'm not, I'm not doubting the hard work that Moniak has put in because there's no question. Especially, you know, considering he was drafted in 2016, uh, I do also want to agree with you in the sense of the people that are acting like he's some ancient prospect. They're just, it's just crazy. <laughs> like he's younger than Bryson Stott. So it's like – like, dude, just because he was drafted in high school, like I, – I, I, what was the one post the other day? What, was it Les
1: Bowen? I was like, yeah, I remember when him – Hey, I'm, like- I'm calling him out. I'm calling him out. He called, <laughs> like- he called Mickey Moniak, quote, the oldest prospect in baseball. He's I'm like, 23 years old, he's- man. He's 23. Ryan Howard didn't get his first – Ryan Howard, the Ryan Howard, didn't get his first, like, proper season in baseball until he was 25. Like, especially with, with the power guys, like, it takes time for these dudes to fill out their frame.
0: Yeah, I just think it's really cheesy um, because, you know, like we said, he's younger than Stott. He's younger than Alec Bohm. Like, he's not, like, some, like, thousand-year-old guy. You know, he's 23 years old, David. So it's kind of like... To act like he's just some old guy is crazy. Like, I mean, like I mentioned, he's younger than Boehm. He's younger than Stott. So, like, like I feel like people overlook that these guys get drafted out of high school. Um, with that said, I don't believe he'll ever live up to number one overall pick billing. But that's okay. Like, we can move on from that. Like, it's whatever. You know, we've accepted that. He's still with the organization. As you mentioned, if he can develop into just being the league average center fielder, it would be a huge win for the Phillies.
1: Yeah, I mean and, and the truth of the matter is the Phillies have clearly moved on from the idea that Bohm, Moniac, that these guys are gonna be, you know, the, the second wave, right? The next generation of superstars. Like this this team has clearly there's no there's no second Chase Utley coming, right? There's no second Ryan Howard, there's no second Why is it Jimmy side, Ryan? Man? Well, maybe, maybe. But I mean the, the idea that they're gonna get this, this horde of homegrown talent, right? Like Reese Hoskins never became yeah. Ryan Howard. Like we all thought he was going to be, it's not going to happen. And the, the way they, they fix that. Sooner on you, dude. You're and
0: gonna I, I'd
1: i love, I'd love to talk about Reese here in a second. We should pivot to that. Um, but I think that the Phillies clearly, you know, they acknowledged <laughs> that it took them, it took them close to a decade to figure it out. And they said, okay, we're done messing around. Let's go get Price Harper. Let's go get JT. Let's go get Kyle Schwarber. Let's go yeah. get Cassianos. A little bit older, costs a little bit more, but they're they're damn good at baseball, right? They are some extreme power bats. And for for these young guys, right? For stock, for boom, formoniac, um, you know, you could throw Ranger Suarez into that conversation. It's not yeah. about being the next the next superstar. Would love it if they were. That'd be awesome. You know, if if these guys are all superstars, we're winning a hundred games this year, right? Um yeah but we, we just need them to be serviceable, you know? And then by the end of the year, hopefully they've all taken good steps in their development and, and they're above average. And then that's going to translate to, like you mentioned, you know, potentially 90 wins this year, which with the expanded postseason, that's going to get you in. Um, will it happen? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Obviously I'm optimistic. Um, I've seen good things from Stott and Moniac this spring. You know, boom, not so much. But um, it, it is a matter of them putting together for for a stretch of games my – my my one hope is that they don't pull the plug too early on any of them. Like if Boehm's struggling through the first week of the season, it's not it's not a big deal. It's okay. Like give him forty games, give him fifty games, and then if things are still bad, then you start looking at bringing in other options. You start looking at the trade market, um, and then I'd be okay with with kind of pulling the plug on on the uh, the youth experiment, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would think if Bone begins to struggle, you're going to see more Johan Camargo. Because he's going to get some a because he can play all over the diamond as well. So, you know, he's going to be in the lineup every couple of days, too. And and he's a switch hitter, too, which, which plays yeah. well off the bench. Which, I will say, I, I like Johan Camargo, David. I think that's kind of one of those moves that's being overlooked, especially because it was prior to the lockout. But, I mean, he's a big leader, dude. Like, he's... Like you mentioned, he would have been the best player off their bench last year.
1: Well, I mean, he would have, he would have started over Ronald Reyes at third, yeah, for sure. So,
0: and he has the familiarity with the Atlanta Braves. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, in his his only full season as a starter, he posted it OPS over 800. With that said, that was back in 2018. But, like, he's done it previously. So, it's, it's a good guy to have off the bench. So, yeah, I would think you would see a little bit more of him if these guys begin the year struggling. But that said, David, like, I, I am feeling really good about Bryson and Stott. And, and, you know, I know we, we keep mentioning here, but these guys are like integral parts of not just now, but of moving forward. Um It's a guy who's continued to rise up the ranks. So, like, I, I do just want to emphasize, you know, my expectations for him are definitely higher than Moniak. They're probably
1: higher than Booms right now. Like, I think Stott's going to be a pretty darn good player for this team. Yeah, I agree, especially because he's – there doesn't appear to be a major weakness in his game. I mean, he's been he's been hitting lefties in spring, and he's been playing good defense at multiple positions. Um, he looks very comfortable, to be an above average player. Yeah,
0: Like, in ceiling, he's just going to be a really solid player.
1: I would certainly hope so. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, keep going. I'm sorry, you were talking about him hitting lefties. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, he's I you know play. when
1: when Bowen first debuted, you knew there'd be an issue with the defense, right? Um. And that was something that kind of hindered his his ability to stay on the field last year. With, with Stott, you're bringing him in as a, as a defensive upgrade, right? Like, you expect yeah. him to be better at third base. You expect him to be better at shortstop. If he plays second base, they will probably be, uh, you know, an upgrade there from Gene. Um, you know, with and then with, with the hitting, he's, he was hitting lefties in spring. So even if you do platoon him and they bring in a lefty reliever, you don't have to jump to yank him out of the game. You can leave him up, up there. For an at bat, um, he can hit for power. He can hit for contact. Like I don't want to hype him up too much, but I do agree where my expect expectations for him are similar to the other two youngsters on the on, on the team. Just be just be good. Just be league average. You know, don't be a a negative war player. But I certainly think he has the upside to be a a positive war player this year, where where there's going to be games where he's he's giving you two to three hits, where he's driving in the runs. Um, you know, where he's maybe inching his way up the lineup a little bit. Maybe he's he's a he's a better lefty bat than someone like Didi Gregorio. So I certainly agree with you where I think the ceiling for him being a, a really impactful player this year is is a little bit higher than the other two.
0: Yeah, and and it all really comes back to, to his relationship with Bryce Harper. That's kind of what signified to me and you here. We talked about it, you know, a lot over the offseason. Like he's not going anywhere. You know, he's in close with the Phillies franchise player, like He's from the same, you know, state, from the same city. They were roommates in spring training. You know, they appear to be really good friends off the field. Stott's gonna be here. He's he's a part of the obviously he's part of the now, but he's a big part of the future. Uh I'm with you, man. I think that he's a guy like you mentioned, who, you know, is gonna be not necessarily this year, but he's a guy who's probably gonna be like a three and a half
1: to four win player. He's gonna be a really nice player here in the big leagues. I certainly hope so, and I'm, I'm looking forward to his, his first Major League data on Friday. Um, Kevin, we're a couple more minutes here to talk about the Phils. I want to switch to Reese Hoskins, and it wasn't something I wanted to talk about today, and then he brought him up. Um, per usual, a ton of Reese Hoskins' discourse. Yeah, on, on you're going to have to walk the line. line here, man. I'm telling you, they're going to be knocking at your door, dude. And, and you know what, Kevin? Let them knock, because I'm tired of <laughs> walking the line. Um, <laughs> Look, Reese is a is a good player. He's a very good hitter. Like. I think that's understood. But there is a reason they had to go get Kyle Schwarber. And there is a reason they had to go get Nick Castellanos. Past that, there's a reason they had to go get JT. There's a reason they had to go get Bryce Harper, And there's a reason they tried to pay Andrew McCutcheon all that money. Like, at some point, Reese is very good. But he's not an MVP player, okay? He's probably never going to be an all-star. You know, that the home run derby was probably the closest he gets to that level. He's never won a silver slugger. He's certainly never going to win a gold glove. Um, you know, most of the lineups we've seen from Joe Girardi have Reese Hoskins kind of slotted down in the the five, six or seven hole. Like that's where he should be in this lineup. That's just where it should be. Schwarber's a better leadoff hitter. I think JT and Gene are both significantly better contact hitters. So I'm more comfortable with them in the two hole. Obviously Bryce is going to bat third. Obviously Nick Cassianos is going to bat fourth. Like, the idea that it's a slight on Hoskins to not be in that top four, you know, and you, you see the pictures with, with all the sluggers and Reese is included in those, and people are still upset for some reason. Like, oh, is he's not? He's not in the middle. Like, who cares, man? Like, genuinely, who cares? That's not how baseball works, okay? Like, there is no big three or big four. That's just not how the sport works. They need the whole lineup. And if he's if he's the best six-hole hitter in the league, like, he's gonna have a hundred RBIs. Like he can hit 40 home runs batting sixth, okay. Like him, him batting second or sixth isn't going to impact how many home runs he hits this year. It's just not. That's not how it's going to work. It's not going to impact if he's good defensively at first baseman. because if he's not, they're going to put someone else there. Okay, they can't have yeah. him. They can't have him botching plays like, like like he typically does. Um, but but I just seen so much conversation about. Oh, is he actually better than Castellanos? So the answer is no. He's oh, not. No. Okay? He's not. No. Is, is he better than Kyle Schwarber? No. The answer no. is no. He's not. You know. Is is, is he a better slugger than JT? Absolutely. Is he a better contact hitter? No, not even close. Is he a better contact hitter than Gene Segura? No. Is he a better base runner than those two players? No. Is he a better hitter than Bryce Harper? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? So stop. Like, appreciate him for who he is. He's a really good player, okay? But he's not going to win MVP. He's not going to be an all-star. If he is, freaking fantastic. I'm elated at that, okay? You know, I saw a good article, I think, from Jim Salisbury. It could have been from someone else where it kind of seemed like Reese knew he wasn't the big guy on campus anymore. You know, the past couple of years, he always talked like he was the guy. And this year he kind of has has a different mindset where he knows one of the reasons they had to break through the luxury tax because he he never accelerated like they thought he would. They thought signing Bryce Harper and putting him in front of Reese would make Reese an all-star and it didn't. Okay, and Some of it was due to injury, some of it due to, to coaching changes and, and seven different hitting coaches. And I sympathize with that because I think it hurt a lot of guys on this team. But, like, Cassiano, Shorber, they're better. JT, you're flipping a coin depending on what you like better. You know, Gene Segura, you're flipping a coin depending on what you like better. Bryce Harper, obviously, is better. Yeah. Appreciate him for what he is. He's a very good first baseman. He's a very good hitter. He's he not get better, so man. He's just a great guy. He's, he's just, just so a great guy. You just have to man. love him. He's pay just him, such a good dude, man. Pay him to trade Schwarber, pay Hoskins yeah. all that money because he's a good guy.
0: He's just a great guy, man. You just don't get it, man. God, no, I agree. I, you know, um, the it's comical. You know, you see the people that are like, "Well, he's actually a better hitter than Castellanos and and Kyle Schwab. Well, like,
1: Kevin, if you go back to 2017 and look at his rookie numbers, he's actually better. Give me a break. People don't want to admit that that's the outlier of his career, Dave. Nobody does that. It's like not not to turn it to football. That, that that's like me using Carson Wentz number. Be like, oh, if you use his twenty seventeen season, like guess what? It's twenty twenty two. It's not twenty seventeen anymore. Okay, like it's yeah. not what we're using. Uh,
0: and I mean, hey, you know, I am more optimistic with Reese now because they have other guys in the lineup, and we talked about that. And you just touched on it as well. Like, I'm willing to admit he's a, he's a very good piece. You know, he's I think he's the perfect number five or number six hitter for this team. I don't know what his future is here in Philadelphia, though, because they just shelled out all that money to Schwarber and Castellanos. I think it's way more
1: likely that Reese will walk and Schwarber will take over at first base. I agree. Uh, like I said, that that article that I believe Osasby wrote, it did kind of seem like Hoskins knew he ain't staying in Philly long term. Which Yeah, the writing's kinda, on the wall. Writing's on the wall there. It's been That's on the thing. wall for a few years as well, in my opinion.
0: He's here, though, this year. He's, he's going to play a big role. So – um Hey, man, if he can just do what he did last year and stay healthy, like an 864 OPS, David, I'll take that.
1: That'd be awesome. Like, yeah, we everybody, and like, it, appreciate that. Like, that'd be sick. Yeah. Like, it, that's not a competition between him and Schwarber or Castellanos. Like, if he can go 864, if he can go 800 OPS, I think that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, you just don't get it, man. He's just a great dude. I just don't get it. He's just a nice guy. I and mean, I've met him personally, Kevin, and he's he's just awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's how deep the Phillies lineup is though, David. Like, you're going to have him in and fifth or sixth. And he's a guy, like you said, he can run in the 30 to 40 homers. Um, man, the ball's going to be flying. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, teams are going to have to decide who do I want to pitch to on this lineup because you can't want pitch around everybody.
1: Yeah. My, uh, yeah, I'm going to throw out an early, early hot take. I, I want to see Bryce Harper win the MVP again. And I think he can, I, I really think he can. Um, I think there's a darn good chance. Nick Castellanos gets close this year. Like if it's not going to be Bryce, I think Castellanos is going to get some serious votes just because he's going to see the most hittable pitches he's ever seen in his, his baseball career.
0: well, if they go by the good guy rankings, I think Reese Hoskins. Has oh, time. yeah. Good, good guy rankings, Reese yeah. Warren. I don't know. And Who's number two? Track. Um, now, I wanted to pitch you a little idea here before we get off. Um, obviously, here in the early going, uh, it's going to be Schwarber at the top of the lineup. If Bryson Stott's able to solidify himself, David, what are your thoughts on potentially moving him to the leadoff spot?
1: Um, not, not super inclined to do that. I think part of the reason you signed Kyle Schrober was due to his leadoff ability. Um, and I kind of would just like to keep him there. I think he looks comfortable. He's looked good in spring. Um, you know, I, I understand the logic behind that where Bryce is, if Bryson Stott is hitting like 300 and he's obviously a, a weapon on the base pass a little bit more. And then he hit a 390 you, on base last year, dude.
0: No, Stott. Yeah, no, he's
1: dude. He rakes, man. He's he he works some counts. He's very good up there. Um, but I think just with with what you kind of with what you have in Schwarber, his discipline with with the added pop, because then you're right from the jump, first batter of the game. Like you're in you're in the doghouse when you're a pitcher. You got to face Kyle Schwarber. It's no it's no gimme out here. Um, I kind of just like Schwarber in that spot.
0: I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a good it's a good
1: issue to have to have multiple guys who can
0: get on base at a high clip. But that said, that would still be a tall task for Stott to achieve anyway because he would first need to solidify himself. Which, you know, I mean, guys struggle. Like, it happens. it'll be really interesting to see, David, if Stott has success early. Same thing with how it worked for Bohm, but it didn't work well for Bohm. Like, what he's going to do when teams begin to adjust. Um, The biggest thing I've always preached with him, and it's how I feel about prospects, that continue to rise the rankings, that to me signifies they're doing something right. So the fact that he's continued to climb and, you know, he's earned a spot here on the big league roster, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. And, and look, you know, people listening to the show may be like, man, they keep talking about Bryson Stott and, and Moniak and pretty big part of the piece of the puzzle here for us, man. Like it's these are guys that the Phillies drafted and we're, we need them to pan out like Hasn't that been the issue all along? People are like, oh, well, they're buying their talent. You know, they haven't developed anybody. They have four guys they took in the first round off their rebuild, David, that are going to be on the opening day roster. Let's see, Nola, Moniak, Stott. Three of them are likely to be in the lineup Friday. So, I mean, I'm just saying. You know, it's – maybe we're turning the corner here, man. Maybe we're turning the corner.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it, this is the first time in, like, literally a decade where a good chunk of the lineup is going to be built by guys the Phillies drafted and developed, you know, and I know we're all still, we're still hurting from the, the Scott Kingery's and the Don Brown's of the world, um, you know, and these guys who we thought were going <laughs> yeah, to, that's, that's a little chuckle there, at Don Brown, like, <laughs> you know, th- these guys we thought were going to carry us through the mid-2000s, and they really didn't. Um, you Tommy Joseph. Yeah, Tommy Joseph, Michael Franco, Cesar Hernandez—like the list goes on and on. Jared Eickhoff, Um Well, he was good. He just got hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, He's he derailed him. He stinks. He stinks,
0: Boy, oh, he, he
1: was—he was, he was with the Mets last year. I ain't got no love for him. He's um, he good. <laughs> um, but you know. Now we have some guys, and I think that's what makes it exciting. You know, obviously the big spending, bringing in the the blue-chip talent, Castiano Schwarber, like that's the most exciting. But kind of right behind it is this idea of the Phillies finally have a couple young guys all kind of debuting at the same time. You know, I know Boehm was there last year, but we're kind of hoping this is a new approach, new hitting coach, new team, new role. He's not, you know. Last year, like last year we were talking about Boehm being the cleanup hitter. Like the expectations were. Yeah. Massive. Um, you know, the pressure was massive. And this year we're just hoping he can be a solid platoon bat at third base, which is a little bit of a fall from Grace, but it might also help him get back on track. Um, you know, we're talking about the same thing with Scott and Moniak. Like we don't need you to be an all-star from day one like we needed some of the younger guys in the past. You know, like when Scott Kingery debuted, like we needed him to be good because we'd already paid him a bunch of money. Like, we didn't really have anyone on the team. Like, we needed him to be good. And when he wasn't, like, it seriously derailed the Phillies' plans, and they had to pivot and hand out a massive contract to Didi Gregorius because they weren't sure what to do in the infield. That's not the case this year. We have the young guys. They're on the roster. They're debuting. They're going to be there for opening day. We don't need them to be all-stars, gold-glovers, silver-sluggers. We just need them to be serviceable major league players, and then we'll go from there.
0: I'm ready to get going, man. I'm so ready to get going, Dave. We got about 52 hours to go, 53 hours to go here.
1: It's crazy. It's crazy, that it's, to it, dude. It is crazy yeah. that it's here. It is crazy that it's here. Kevin, you got anything else you want to touch on before you jump off for today?
0: I do not. Uh, you know, happy opening day to everybody. You know, baseball's finally here. We, If there's such a weird off season, David, it's still only going to be April 7th and opening days upon us. So. You know, just enjoy the, enjoy the weekend of baseball. You know, we'll be back to talk some baseball next week. Um, go, Phil's. You know, I don't want to set any precedent here, David, but they better sweep the Oakland A's. Kevin, I'm <laughs> feeling <laughs> a sweep.
1: You know, none of, a, sweep. none of this two or three nonsense. I'm feeling a
0: sweep. Oakland's feeling.
1: But at the end of the day,
0: you know my motto early in the year figure out what you need to figure out, stay in the race. We'll make our push so you know yeah, let's no, just
1: no. let's just play good baseball man and, and and the rest should take care of itself yeah let's let's sweep let's let's never lose a game this year um with that said big thank you to everyone who supported this offseason um you know we saw yeah. record listenership record uh viewership this offseason which is crazy because there was no baseball and we didn't know if there was going to be baseball and i think that really kind of speaks to the Phillies fan base um and in specific how, how diehard this city is you know it's a lot of people like to say it's an Eagles town. I think everybody, you know, I think we know it's it's a baseball we'll town. This yeah. is a Phillies town. Once they're good, Citizens Bank Park is starts selling out real quick. Yeah. Uh, so we're all super excited. Make sure you check out our YouTube page. Again, we continue to post videos there. We're trying to get that back up and running. So go toss that and subscribe. Um, Twitter page, our Facebook page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. Every single one of those links, along with our personal Twitter accounts, is going to be down in the description. Um, we'll likely have another giveaway coming around soon. Now that opening yep. day is here, we'll get something going there. I don't
0: and, want to, um, you know, get ahead of myself, but there may be some tickets,
1: Damon. There may be some tickets. Be some t- we're some t- we're t- hearing t- tickets.
0: Yeah, there might be.
1: Um, but, we'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll get that going through our Twitter, so make sure you're following our Twitter account um, to get involved with those giveaways. Uh, Kevin, with that said, we're the Bullpen Blues Podcast. The next time we'll talk to you all, we'll be talking about uh, real baseball games. Damn right, go Phils.